Welcome to the Park Hoppers Radio, a podcast hosted by best friends Austin and Owen, and is about all things amusement parks and roller coasters. Whether you're a seasoned coaster enthusiast or just starting out on your coaster journey, this is the podcast for you. Join Austin and Owen as they share about their experiences at different theme parks, break down their favorite park rides, and even bring in special guests from all around the community. So whether your coaster count is one or 1,000, there is something here for you. Now get ready, click your seatbelts in, and ride on. Welcome back to the Park Hoppers Radio. I'm your host, Austin, joining my best friend and news coaster enthusiast. Not news coaster enthusiast, coaster enthusiast. Oh, and I messed it up. Yeah, I messed up. Jeez, I'm in the second season already. I survived. Fine. We are right across from each other, actually. Yeah, in our studio. Yeah, if you guys like the new studio, please let us know in the comments down below. Um, but we have a very short episode for us yeah. to talk about together, but then we have an interview with GCI coming up on the podcast, uh, which is a little bit later in the episode. And if you want to listen and skip us talking because, you yeah, know, whatever, go ahead. Yeah, we're pretty lame, you know? Yeah, you can listen to me, yeah. Olivia, and Zach talk. And Olivia is the PR representative and daughter of the owner of GCI. A really good conversation. And then we're going to talk with a uh, theme park tribute, too. So we talked about Universal, new stuff coming. I love Universal news. <laughs> we love when Universal has new news. Yeah. Um, But as we get ready... um. So we'll talk about Splash Mountain and clicked in for a little mini clicked in session. Yeah. Okay. So over the week and was yesterday as of recording was the last day for Splash Mountain. No. Brings a tear to your eye. It does. Okay. Splash Mountain was officially shut down yesterday. And Um, when the park opened, mm -hmm. there was a, obviously all the reservations for the park gone. There's no reservations. Yeah. Yeah. People literally, there was like somebody, one of those like big cameras, like the, like the 360 degree camera. Oh yeah. Following the crowd, the Splash Mountain, which he didn't get on the ride just because he wanted the ride on the rides. Obviously he lives in Orlando. It looked like, like, have you ever seen herds of sheep? Yeah. That's what it looked like. Oh my God. And that's exactly what they are. Herds of sheep going to ride one ride. Listen. Last ride. Last ride. I love Splash Mountain. Yeah. But what's the difference between riding on the last day and riding it like we did? I'm no memoir, I guess. I guess so. But I, you I know got how the I'll, last ride on Splash Mountain. You know how I remember all, my last ride on Splash Mountain? All the animat- yeah. animatronics now. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure they weren't working that time either. Listen, I'm really sad that the very provocative animatronics are not going to be there anymore. Yeah, I know. I, it's See, like, like, that's my issue. Is like the ride was like fine. But like I think that the way the animatronics were like placed, I think that's a bigger issue than the ride. Definitely. I mean, that was so. There were some weird positions. I'm. I trust me. Listen, I grew. I'm a. T- I, I grew up as a. You know, I'm. A, I'm a guy. Listen, I have a dirty mind. But like anybody can piece yeah. the puzzle pieces together. How these animals they look like sex positions. Yeah. Especially that bear. Oh man! Wow. Wow, Brer Bear, whatever his name is. Uh yeah, it was Yeah. Interesting. But rest in peace to Splash Mountain, nineteen ninety two to two thousand and twenty three. And at a five hour wait. Five hour wait. That's I, I would never wait and for five hours. Guess how much rise guess how long Rise of the Resistance was yesterday? Over like thirty minutes. Fifteen minutes. Basically a walk on. Because nice. you guys think that first 
10 minutes of the ride, you're walking onto the station, yeah. going in the turntable, going to outer space. Sorry to ruin the magic for you. It's actually a turntable. Oh, what? You, yeah. I actually thought you launched on. Yeah, you, yeah, the ship you're in, the first order gets you up. Oh, the turntable. Um, I'm going to shamelessly plug this in here because I think it would be cool for him to like respond to a TikTok video. Because he responds to all the TikTok videos. Richard Jefferson, or wait, is that his name? President? No, no, no. The captain of Cav. Oh, yeah. Which, yeah. Richard Jefferson. That was his name? Who is he? used to be on the Cavs? Yeah. Yeah. Which is, I don't know who you're talking about. Yeah. He would used to be on the Cavs. Yeah. The guy, the bald dude. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> he responds to all the TikTok videos. Yeah. So I think it'd be cool if he responded to this TikTok video that I'm going to make from this. What's his favorite roller coaster? What do you, is he a roller coaster guy? I don't know. I don't think he is. Richard Jefferson, please let us know your favorite roller coaster yeah. or favorite theme park ride. Yeah. I want to know. I want to know because we're Cavs fans and you played on the Cavs. Yes. You want a championship. You want us a championship. So you're you're more important than half the team. Yeah. Yeah. So, it was a really, it was, it was, it was a fun year. 2016 was a great year. Oh yeah. Um, but I want to know. Um, going to San Diego, California or San Diego. Yeah. Basically Catapult Falls is coming to SeaWorld San Diego. Yes. That looks very first launched. Log flume coaster. Yeah. That looks a lot of fun. SeaWorld is the king of naming the most Waterway. odd things ever. Yeah. The world's first straddle launched indoor coaster. <laughs> world's full indoor stra- straddle launched coaster. Yeah. Why? Just um, make it simple. Just I'll take it. I'll take it. But this ride excites me because it's a launched log flume. Steepest drop, I think, is like 47 degrees, which is. Yeah. Pretty steep for a log. Yeah, I think what Splash Mountain's like forty. Yeah, so I don't really know. Uh, I don't think it's going to be better than Splash Mountain. <laughs> oh, I don't know because like the theming of Splash Mountain, the the ambiance of it. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> but it could be one of the best water rides in the country. Yeah, it'd be hard to be Infinity Falls though. But... Okay, here's the thing: Infinity Falls. <laughs> people were talking about Infinity Falls. Yeah, and they're talking about the Pluto or the the. The Popeye's Barge, a Universal yeah. Adventure. Yeah. No, it's not better. No. You, you, I think you get equally as wet or even more wet on Infinity Falls. Yeah. Yes, there's moments where you can like absolutely get people soaked from like being like a casual watcher. Uh-huh. Like you can like turn the cannons on and stuff. But the theming of Infinity Falls is way better than yeah. Pluto's or whatever. The giant. Yeah, and it has like a vertical lift too. Anna has music. Yeah, Anna has and music. I think it's cool. Um, but this is going to be, they have updated theming. Mm-hmm. Because SeaWorld San Diego is not really good at theming. Yeah. Or San Antonio. <laughs> uh, like, I mean, look at their, their dive coaster. Uh-huh. Their theming. That, Even Six Flags had more theming than they did. Oh, that's surprising. That, wow. I have Balco had some pretty good yeah. theming. Anna had on-ride audio up top. What was that? So you got to the top and it made it says like you're about to like dive or something. I, I don't know the exact audio of it. You're gonna die. I don't I didn't really watch the uh POV, but yeah. the same I mean, thing is dive coaster. It's any other beat. Yeah. Dive, <laughs> dive, go to probably like uh, it just doesn't fall dive high out though. Then you do like maybe like a ginormous corkscrew. Yeah. It's pretty much all they are. Doesn't fall high, so it's not bad. Um but before we get any further 
I want to give a few shout outs to our Patreon people. Yes. So if you're listening, obviously you get all your extra bonus content, your shirts, yeah. your pictures, everything's coming to you guys for the month of January and you'll be getting an off topic episode. So if you want to support us even further, you can go on Patreon and do that. You get really cool. Yeah. Shout outs. Yeah. Pictures. If you want a picture printed out and framed, you get one just like this if you're watching on our YouTube video. So if you want to do that, um, Jackson is our highest tier, our diamond yeah. tier. Like the producer. He's our executive producer. Thank you, Jackson. Yes. Thank um, you. Our platinum is Aiden, Caleb, and uh, Garen. Our gold is Joe, my really good friend Joe, obviously. And then our bronze is Caleb. So thank all six of you guys. You guys nice. really, we, we really do support. But the easiest way you can is just click and follow. Yeah. And interacting with our content. Give us five stars on Spotify. Yeah. In Apple. Yeah. In Apple. Double. Double. Yeah. Double trouble. We leave a ranking and a review and then mm-hmm. go on Spotify and leave five stars there. Yeah. Because we are your favorite theme park podcast. Yeah. I <laughs> um, We'll go back to Disney really quick. So, like, the union for Disney is yeah. Disney Corporation. They're uh-huh. fighting right now. Yeah. They're bringing so many changes. Like, they brought Iger back, not Paycheck. You know, they got Paycheck out of there. or Sorry, Chapek. My bad. <laughs> oh, wow. You know, he's still getting, like, $28 million a year. And then I was reading, I was watching this like two hour video. The whole time Chapek was the CEO of yeah. the company, he wasn't calling any of the shots. What? Who was? Iger. Oh, he was wow. behind the scenes. Iger would hold secret meetings with. So he was getting paid just to do nothing. He was, yeah, he was, he was, okay, so there was interviews and like, like, um, behind the door meetings, closed door meetings, where Iger would hold them with Chapek's people. Wow. Behind his back and make these decisions. Basically, like pulling the rug out. Oh my but gosh, Disney's a that's a that's a dirty corporation right now. Yeah. So speaking of that, they offered their workers a one dollar raise. Wow, that's very generous of them. Do you know who pays more than Disney? Michigan's Adventure. No, no, no. Like I'll put in perspective. Yes, they have way less people, but still. They're not even open for more than like five months. Yeah, and they're paying their workers twenty dollars an hour. That's crazy. Disney is paying right now. Yeah. It's 15. Disney definitely has the money to pay their workers more. And yeah, they're like, okay, so I think their Disney part like, with everything combined was like $6.9 billion profit. Wow. After paying everything. Wow. So that's that's after you pay all, all your fee, like all your people. Yeah. Billion. Even wow. one billion is a lot. But oh six gosh. billion? Yeah, they... And if you're a Disney college program, you're also getting paid less. Oh yeah. So you're getting paid like I think like fourteen fifty. Maybe fourteen. Now it depends on the role. If you're taking Donald's gets paid more. Literally. <laughs> that's the thing is these Disney employees, I feel so bad for them. They're in eighty hours, ninety hours, like yeah. And some of them are working two jobs. Yeah. They're 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 going from Disney to work maybe sixty hours a week at Disney college program because you know, the seller sold to the mouse. Yeah. Um, <laughs> kidding. I have nothing against the Disney employees. Uh-huh. I have so much against the Disney corporation. Yeah. Like, you guys provide some of the most amazing experiences for us mm-hmm. for the parks and, like, magical moments for kids and families. But, like, the magic is kind of gone with this corporation. Yeah, it's losing its magic. Back mouse. Because there's a fight going on where it's called Restore the Mouse or something or Restore the Magic yeah. from... These private investors that want the magic back at the parks. 
and they're putting up their own money for this, but they also want they also want to stay under the chair. Yeah. The, the corporation. Yeah. They want they want seats in the chair. There's a whole yeah. VR video. I'll link it down below so yeah. you guys can watch it. But it was like going into the details of so much behind the scenes at Disney and it's yeah, it was it's bad. You know what you know who's not doing bad? Universal. <laughs> of course. Of course. Um also with the they got three new projects, and I was learning. So I was listening to them, and they were talking about the Imagineers that left. Yeah, Disney to go to so about one fourth of the team that's working on some of the rides for Harry Potter and stuff right now. At Epic Universe yeah. are old Disney Imagineers. Oh man, yeah, it's pretty. That sucks. Imagine like you have these Imagineers oh. that have some of the most creative minds in the world. That are creating these attractions, but you're giving them no creative freedom to build. Really? Yeah. Like Disney, they don't take risks. They keep it safe. Yeah. So no. the no creative risks. Mm-hmm. And then you're basically, then these parks across the seas, like Tokyo and Disney, all of them, they can do whatever they want. Yeah. They're owned by private Not big. Yeah. But still, they have these amazing parks. Tokyo, Disneyland, and Sea is not even, I don't even know how old it is. And maybe it's like, I think it's like 20 years old, maybe. Yeah. I think. And it's already better than all all six parks in the United States. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I mean that's not even. I've never been there, and it's a fact. Yeah, I these these workers. At least, I think at least I'd say seventeen fifty. Yeah, from fifteen. Seventeen fifty is a. It's I'll a, go to eighteen. Yeah. I do eighteen. It's a reasonable number. Yeah, because it's more money you can live on, and like um, average rent there is like eighteen hundred dollars. Yeah, that's beyond me. Disney fixed the mouse. We store the maps. Um, and then we have some listeners' questions. Oh, and also the dolls on It's a Small World. Yeah. They, yeah. Well, yeah. 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 Um, but the dolls on It's a Small World are changed now. Oh, yeah. I saw that. Because they're, they're racist, too. Oh, now they're racist. They now are. It's now. a problem. Now. 60 okay. years later, they are now racist. Okay. Yes. Um, the, because Disneyland and Disney World both have the, both iterations of It's a Small World. In different forms, because Disneyland goes outside a little bit, mm-hmm. but now it's racist. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's. I'm just gonna leave my own opinions, opinions out of this. But if I was a Disney Corporation's person, like, and also I was saying when we recorded the first version of this, some of the creators for that ride were Asian. Yeah, hmm. and I, I just they just know. want the money. How many guests are actively going to complain to Disney park representatives? I mean, you'd be surprised it's Disney. Do you, oh, do you, do you hear the whole controversy of what they did with Space Mountain? No. Okay, so people were going to guest services. Oh, no. Complaining that Space Mountain was too dirty on the outside. So then Disney said, okay, thank you for letting us know. And then they, they did clean the outside of Space Mountain. Oh, that's good. Good. That's good. At least of my concerns with the Disney parks right now. Yeah. Is Space Mountain being dirty? Yeah. Because it is white. Yeah, it's, it's gonna get dirty. it's gonna get dirty. Like there's some things in that area you need to fix. Like Tomorrowland Speedway needs to be changed. Yeah. I made a video about that on TikTok today. Yeah. My proposal, Disney, if you're listening, either if you want IP, go with Rick Wreck It Ralph. Make it make make it Sugar Rush Speedway. Every good IP. That's and then you could build like you know the stands around it. People could watch it. You can make the cars go maybe like two miles per hour faster. Yeah, I do like that Andy race course. In, in you can make it look futuristic to go with Tron. Yeah, 
You doesn't even have to be like you, and you could do even just a generic white and silver mm-hmm. gray theming. Or bring back Wally. Wally is being now represented in parks. I'm happy. He's getting his sign at Epcot. Yeah, it's about time. But that also means like living with the land and all those yeah. rides, their sides are gone. Oh. In terms of the parking. I mean, but we get Wally. He and Gamora yeah. back. Yeah. So I'm I'm excited for Gamora. Um and that and my boy Total Crush. 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 I was watching this video, the the talk with Crush thing. Yeah. Was, yeah, I've seen those. He's like he's like, What do you eat? And he's like turtles and he's like um and like like, like turtles swam off <laughs> yeah the yeah if you go to these parks and you ask them questions i that that's so funny yeah uh but we have a few questions from some listeners before we talk with gci um coaster dragon said what's the best coaster soundtrack in your opinion i probably go with guardians for me you know i've only had one ride but like the audio sounds nice and you can hear but nice. But Aerosmith, good Aerosmith, yeah. Um, Rip Ride, weird. Rip Ride Rocket. Gosh, here's my proposal, Universal. If you're listening right now, Universal Disney Parks, and we'll post this on TikTok too. Buy the rights to these like really famous, like two famous artists. Yeah, Taylor Swift. Yes, Zach Bryan. That's all you. Just those two, and I guarantee you, you will take about twenty percent away from Disney Parks. People coming in the parks. Oh yeah, take the, if especially have, Taylor Swift. If you have Taylor Swift, Swifties, oh my god, that line will be four hours. Every yeah, day. if you can every play any day. Taylor Swift song, you oh, want. Oh my, god. imagine you're going up the vertical lift hill for Rip Ride Rocket, and then you're playing like "Look What Me You Made Me Love do. Story," Love Story, <laughs> and then like, or you're going down the hill, and you're like, "Romeo, Juliet." Yeah, oh, that would be that would be awesome though. Or um, oh. Zach Bryan. Yeah, like. Any any of his songs. Uh-huh. It, I mean, I don't care. Universal, that's my proposal to you. Just buy a few rights to songs. Bruno Mars would be cool. Bruno Mars would actually fit the like the name. I really want the lights. Yeah, it's lighters. Oh, that'll be good. A grenade. I don't know if you could have that in the park. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a risk. Um, that I don't know if they're willing to take. Because when you say, I got a grenade. <laughs> <laughs> It's a song. I'm sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Um. I think no. And then you said Guardians, Aerosmith, Splash Mountain, Zippy Doo Dah. Yeah. Zippy Doo Doo Dah. But like, the thing with the Rip Ride Rocket is just it needs to be the audio just needs to be a little tuned. Yeah. It, it. Well, I don't think it'd be hard. But like every time you went over like the slightest rough patch. Yeah. Not rough patch. The ride wasn't rough, but the slightest like. Rattle, yeah. The, the audio turned off. Yeah. So, like, Devil went down with Jordan. Maybe we just get new trains or something. I don't know. I I like the train design of them and the lights. Like during Halloween Horror Nights with I mean, it was cool. It was cool. But yeah, if you, cool. if you get like new Odrine audio, like what they're doing with Facoma, mm-hmm. I take it. Uh, Beam Daddy three twenty five. Next park you're visiting, probably Carowinds. Yeah, Carowinds or Fun Spot. But they don't. Uh, they can't communicate when the rides. Yeah. Uh, at least Carowinds, we have an opportunity to go down, uh, potentially mm-hmm. for media day for aeronautica landing. So yes, that'd be, be fun. Cool. Joe said, "What's happening in this picture? I'll put it on the screen." Yeah. It's when our car broke down at uh, Bush Garden. Yeah, it was. Yeah, go, Joe. Just it broke down for like the eighth time, <laughs> and then we left. Uh huh. 
to go get drinks like a pink whitney yeah or yeah at the, at target. target yeah <laughs> and we were like oh it's gonna be fine we we're only in the, out of the car yeah it was like five minutes yeah, five. <laughs> again uh, i yeah. think it was about 11 times that, that trip uh, something like oh, that uh, it was the worst was like the last day at universal <laughs> we were stuck at the top of the parking garage for like two hours we were like we it called was, no it's halloween weekends oh halloween yeah we we called it was so busy for Halloween Horror Nights. And we called like four different people. We were asking people in line. Yeah. Nobody had anything in their car. Yeah. No, nah, it didn't work out. Um, we the Coaster said, your favorite roller coaster sign or logo doesn't have to be the actual sign of the park, but or just logo. Banshee's a good one. I Fury. Yeah. Banshee, Fury. This literally, uh, people said this just reminds me of Fury. It does, yeah. Um, I'll take it. Fury, um... Expedition Everest, I really do like. It's, yeah, that one's cool. The classic. Yeah. Non-coaster stuff, Black Widow at Kennywood. Oh, yeah. With the entrance with uh, the spider. Uh, Wonder Woman at Six Flags Great Adventure because that's their max air over there. Nitro had a pretty cool sign. El Toro has a decent sign. A lot of those rides have decent signs. Yeah. Some of them are really boring. Yeah. Magnum. <laughs> Magnum. Just Magnum XL. Horse Cruise stuck in 1970. Um, hey, hey, no, no, no. It's a good, it's a, it's, <laughs> I didn't realize the ride came out in 1976 uh-huh. on the centennial of the United States, 1776. Oh. So that's why the trains are red, white, blue. Didn't know that. Now you wow. Patriotic. Okay. Yes. Um, Phantom versus. That's just proof we can't get rid of it. It's never going away. As long as America's here. <laughs> well. It's America's coach. Well. <laughs> never know. <laughs> Our country is really not good at hand, handling classified documents right now. Yeah. Uh, leave them before vets. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> uh, Phantomverse says, how do we meet? FedEx. Thank yeah. you, FedEx. Yeah. Now we have a podcast because of you. <laughs> um, Nathan also asked, what's the next park we're visiting? I said, Carowinds. King's uh, Dominion. Good. King's Dominion. I honestly might. I'd rather do that. <laughs> I really miss Twisted Timbers a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, you only got one ride on it. I know. Caleb said our top three bucket list coasters in the country. I think there's more than three because there's just so many we haven't rode on the West Coast. Yeah. And also like Harry Force One, Longcast Revenge. Time Traveler. Ghost Rider for June. Ghost Rider. June, I want to give you a shout out right now. As we're recording, yeah. you are at Disneyland. And I think yeah. you're having the most awesome time ever. We wish Enjoy you it. Enjoy your time. And uh Yeah. Yeah, I'm not jealous. They run, they run Jungle Cruise. That's a good ride. I think it was, yeah. Did you ride Jungle Cruise with me the first year? We yeah, ran? yeah, that was it. No, not. I think it was the second year. So yeah, first year. Yeah, we had barely any rides. Magic nah. the second day. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, June. I'm glad you get Disneyland. I'm just, I just want to get to Disneyland. Yeah. Uh, Jackson said, "What? Oh, absolutely. See with that time traveler, Cannibal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, Cannibal. You saw that? It was yeah, there was. Yeah. Did you see the mountain too? No, I, I, it was like in the back of the park. I, it's a yeah. weird park. It's a yeah. It's a I I know it was like that close to the freeway. It's like oh yeah, okay. Well, I was looking at like maps and stuff. Some parks like Six Flags Magic Mountain is like right off the freeway too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Also Disneyland right off the freeway. That's the yeah. thing I love about Disney World. Now some people are like gonna be like, oh, you hate on Disney a lot. Okay, I do. Disneyland Disney World feels like you're not in Orlando. Yeah. You literally are so, secluded. It's all in the world. 
the only area that really feels like you're in Orlando is like downtown Disney. Yeah. Disney, Disney Springs. Yeah. You don't know the updated stuff. Um, but you you feel like you're secluded back there. Oh yeah. Definitely. Um, that's how I feel like like six RS Great Adventure. They have like four hundred acres worth of land they don't use. Oh, that's great. <laughs> and like half of that's like for their like zoo and stuff. Oh uh, yeah. But it's that's that's the hence the picture we have with mm-hmm. Nitro. Um hopefully it's not gonna change theming. Um yep. suck. <laughs> then Jackson said if you could take any ride from across the seas, bring it to your home park, what would it be? Hmm. I was thinking about this because like if you bring a certain ride, you can't have if it's at your home park, you can't have the same ride. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I would still take Batman. <laughs> I don't I don't care. Maverick yeah. and Batman. Yeah. No, but they keep it. Like just yeah. take out Regru or have well, no, but take out the mine ride and have Batman back there. Ride to Happiness would be a good, good addition to Cedar Point. Though. Ride to Happiness, I think. I think Ride to Happiness, the way that it's situated at that park, I don't know how to say the name of the park. You're gonna hate me for this. It would feel so cool to have over where Corkscrew is right now. I yeah. Or Gemini over the Gemini Plaza. That would be sick. Mm-hmm. Over those like little twinkle lights. Yeah. Take me out. It's fine. I would rather ride Corkscrew every day than Gemini. Yeah. Gemini's boring. It is. Easy. You know it's racing? Like, it's still boring. Racing. Racing. It races about 10% of its lifetime. Literally. Um, Ride to Happiness, I would probably, or F-L-Y or Fly, F-A-T-Z-L-Y. I need to figure out the acronym yeah. for that. Don't know what it means. Somebody probably knows in the comments down below, but <laughs> if you know what the acronym is, without me looking it up. Yeah. I also was watching a video. They're talking about a mandrel. Yeah. Like he's oh, un- yeah. He's unsolved mysteries. Nana. Yeah, apparently Mandrill is the biggest monkey in the world. Oh. You're talking about that, like, with... Bigger than a gorilla? Yeah. What? Like, same size as a gorilla. About bigger. Oh, my. It's, okay. It's in the family of gorillas. Okay. Hmm. It's a, it's an iteration of a monkey and a gorilla combined. Oh. And they... I wonder how that happened. I was listening to this Danny Creepypasta... Have you ever listened to those creepy pasta? You ever hear those? No. They creepy stories that aren't real, but oh. you post them on Reddit and they're supposed to sound real. Oh yeah. And the the YouTube narrators read them in really creepy voices. <laughs> there was one where they went to the old Discovery Island at Disney World. Oh no. And at the end of the story, they're like exploring and he goes, Yeah, and then these like his oh, these man. monkeys came out. Oh no. And like the story is supposed to be how creepy the abandoned Disney stuff is. And then he's like, Yeah. And then my friend got torn apart by the monkeys. Oh my God. Yeah, he's like, Yeah, I just saw my friend get torn in limb for limb of the monkeys. I'm like, Oh like it's a good dog, dude. And I was like, What if all these Disney creepy pastas were all connected in the one? There's a lot of there's the Disney I can't say the word on here. Off yourself uh pack. Oh, wow. Where the people go to Disney parks and like the story is about at the park. Wow. Okay. I was a really deep one. Don't look if you yeah. don't listen to that one. <laughs> I I didn't know what I was thinking. I it was weird. There's one where like Splash Mountain comes to life. But shameless shout out to my favorite author because we're talking about Splash Mountain coming to life. Yeah. If you guys want to read some good books, Kingdom Keepers, the new one comes out in February, February 23rd. Ooh. Kingdom Keepers Inheritance. Wow. So you all the story of the Kingdom Keepers that the Disney parks come to life. Mm-hmm. 
they're holograms in the park. They fight against Maleficent, um, Chernabog, and all these Disney villains. Yeah. Well, you'll figure out what happens at the end of the seventh <laughs> book. But then the new books are their kids. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's like, a, I think it's like 30 years in the future after they have kids and stuff. I don't yeah. know the exact time frame. I, read, I would hope so. But like Epcot in this book is the experimental prototype community of tomorrow. Mm. It was supposed to be when Walt actually yeah. had it. And then the kids, there's portals in the parks. I'm pretty sure. And I, have, I haven't read it yet, but he is sending me a copy. So thank you, Ridley. You can enter, enter the portals and go to the Disney parks in other countries. So you go to Epcot countries. Yeah. Go to those countries. That's very cool. And the rumor is, I don't know which one is probably Disney Hong Kong, but the one book or the one park in the book is a Disney's villains park. Oh. Disney gave him the rights to allow him to write a book like that. That's awesome. He said he has to go through like many, like you guys listen to the um, interview with him, but I'm sure that was hard to get permission to do that. There's a lot of times where he'll write stuff and Disney will be like, yeah, you cannot put it in the books. <laughs> Wow. Like, or you know, to, or, or like, you said, did you switch over to Universal? <laughs> Imagine if the Universal Parks came to life. <laughs> that would, uh, no, that would be terrifying, actually. If we already got Jurassic Park, Harry Potter, you would have Spider Man, you would have the Hulk. Marvel, Hulk. Okay, that's even creepier. Cat, cat in the hat. Oh, <laughs> life. Oh, really quick. I forgot to mention. I want to mention this before we get out of your track. That's creepy. Simpsons. Um, the original plans for Seuss Landing at Universal, there was actually supposed to be a Grinch ride. So cool. Yeah, how does a Grinch little Christmas ride? <laughs> and it was supposed to take place. It was like a mountain yeah. type ride. I okay. think that, or like a little mountain coaster. So. That'd be cool. I, I, you guys still have room to do it. People love the Grinch. I think oh, they yeah. like the Grinch more than the Cat in the Hat. Um, yeah, it has. That's a creep. That's just a weird movie. Yeah, it's odd. Like, like yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's the end of what we're going to talk about today. We have two interviews coming up, one with GCI, and uh, that's with Olivia and Zach. We had a really good time recording, and like I said, Olivia is the daughter of the owner of GCI yeah. and founder. That's awesome. So... They're going big places. Mm-hmm. Good oh, they want to have 200 coasters built by the time she's done with the company. Wow. How many got in 37. I'm pretty sure. Got a lot of they, No, well, I mean, you got to think they started in the 90s. Yeah. A lot of these kind of like arrows started back in like the 40s, 50s. So they have so much room to grow. And then we talked about the Titan track, some new additions, mm-hmm. and some future additions that she can't talk about now, but. Ooh. about later she said on the podcast if she ever comes back on Ooh. So, there's some stuff that she knows that she couldn't say but yeah that was just the generalized quiz but we're taking a listen to that uh coming up now welcome back to the park Hoppers radio i'm your host austin joined here not by owen today but i'm joined here by my good friend zach that works at six flags darien lake as a ride mechanic what's up man what's up dude? and i'm joined here by olivia that is the director of public relations at gci hello <laughs> Uh, so we're joined here today, obviously, by GCI and Zach, as Zach graciously got us this interview. So thank you, and thank you, Olivia, for coming on. Um, but so Zach was at the Ames Conference, and really quick before we get started, I just want Zach to give a little like brief rundown. What is the Ames Conference? So Ames, so all Ames is just a bunch of safety seminars taught by taught by leaders in the industry, um, by manufacturers, whatever. 
and a bunch of us from different parts come down. We just come together, perform safety seminars, and you know we get to meet different people, manufacturers, everything. A uh, couple of nights, manufacturers threw us parties, the nights, and I got I got a little wild with a couple of people, but it's all right. <laughs> nice, nice. That's that's the that's... hat. Hey, nice. I love it. Um, yeah. As I rep my GCI stuff in the back, I I have to show my art. So this, I don't know if you, so this is a, like a 2D or just like bird's eye view from Missing Timbers. I love that. That's awesome. Very simple. So. Yeah. Very uh, minimalistic. I like it. <laughs> Heartline Halls. Shout out to her. Hell yeah. <laughs> and then I have the G- Missing Timbers hat and I have tons of Missing Timbers stuff. Because everybody awesome. knows awesome. that Missing Timbers is like my go-to. I love it. Um, uh, that's what we like to hear. Yes. Well, Olivia, so obviously uh, you started the show today. What is your background with GCI? Um, so my background is, well, my obviously my dad is the owner and co-founder of Great Coasters. So I kind of grew up just like learning about the business, learning about the job. Um, and, you know, he would call me from across the world all the time and just tell me about the day and like what problems they run into or like what achievements they did. And even though as a child, I didn't like quite understand everything he was saying, but it was always just very interesting to me. So um, I actually uh, just landed my job here at his company this past July. Um, and he has me as the director of public relations, but basically I wear many hats. So I'm basically learning the whole business, which hopefully I can take over here in the next 10 years. <laughs> awesome. That is uh, awesome. I didn't know that obviously before we started. So that is very cool. Uh, when did GCI, so GCI was formed back in the 70s, 80s, or? Oh, the 70s. I, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was the 1995, 90, I believe. Okay, I was yeah. a little off. Um, but no, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, you guys have seen, like, I mean, just from your first coaster from all the way till now, you guys seen huge transformations with the rides, technology, and obviously the construction stuff you guys do. Um, Absolutely. To start out, what, I mean, you said you've seen the company grow as a kid. What do you think? Is like the most innovative project that GCI has worked on? Um, I definitely have to say the Titan Track. Um, even though that is like a very newer product, it is one of the most like innovative products we have. Um, uh, my dad, Claire Hain, basically just locked himself in the office for a couple weeks, not literally, but like yeah. metaphorically. And, um, and he just came up with this idea and it just completely saves so much time, annual budgets for parks and um, even though it's kind of strenuous, it's definitely a little difficult to work with steel rather than wood. Um, but you know, with the brains behind it that we have in our headquarters here and the manpower from the guys, you know, working on it, it's, it's such a wonderful product and it's helped our company succeed in so many ways by making more awareness for us. And of course, you know, touching down at other parks we have not been to, or, you know, saving on repairs and maintenance that we do every year at all these parks, like such as like Dairy Lake and that, you know, we just added on um, our Titan track. What was that, Zach, like last year? Was that last year or two years ago? Uh, that was uh, the new edition for 2022. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, last year. So, yeah, it's just, it's really made like a huge, um, like, I don't know, success story for our company. And um, of course, we're not stopping there. This will oh, yeah. be the first product we come out with. We hope for, you know, more stuff to come through. That's, you know, that's why it's very important for the young generation to get into this business because we're the ones, you know, thinking of what can be better, what's what can we advance for the future. Yeah, you definitely have seen a huge transformation, obviously with Wildcat 
the Hershey Park as the first coaster all the way till now with your new coasters as NBC Zinger. You have yes. many, many coasters across the country, um, one being Mystic Timbers and everything. Um, out of the ones you rode, I don't know how many you have, <laughs> what, would you, what would you be your favorite coaster, obviously, from your, your guys' company? Okay. Um, so let me think about this. I think my favorite would have to be Thunderhead. Okay. I yeah. I haven't got a further idea. I'm I'm very excited. That's one that's obviously very high up there. Yes. Um but I would love to get to that. Uh Zach, how about you? My favorite? Yes. <laughs> Sorry, my whole my girl I, that's my girl predator. I know. I I, I, I wanted to get I wanted just to ask It's his baby. <laughs> that's the baby. Oh tr- trust and touch up and a touch up on what Olivia say about the tire track lady. They did a really good job with it and you know, we turned a coaster that had some of the worst reviews in the park where until last year where people were flying out from all over the country just to ride that little two hundred fifty foot section. And they said That's all the difference. <laughs> it does. And it definitely from just like news, it, it spread like a wildfire just in the community, talking with everybody from the podcasters to YouTubers to Instagrammers. And as soon as the rumor started, I mean it was it just said where's this Titan track going? And it was widely discussed among everybody where's this titan track going um do you see your coaster with the trends of the manufacturers around you guys being fully titan track in the future or a mix of having those wood or having those titan track what do you see personally so personally um i th- if you want to go back like a couple years ago i think part because it just came out parks were like we'll just put like a section on just see how it goes and now because of all the amazing reviews we're getting from it, I think more parks will start eventually like putting a full hybrid like Titan track with a wood structure or we can even do, you know, steel structure like we did down in White Lightning at Fun Spot. Um, So it's just it's really interesting because you'd think like at first, like people are just like, oh, I'll just put on spots like, of course, that need the most maintenance. Now we're seeing like most companies are like, hey, actually, I think I want my whole coaster Titan track because it's just absolutely amazing. Yeah, and then your obviously your newest edition coming is MBZ Zinger at Worlds of Fun, so that'll actually be the second GCI you have there next to Prowler, um, and that's innovative too with the spiral lift hill giving homage to the old MBZ Zinger. So, yes. um, how did how did you guys? I mean, your dad and everybody in the company like, hey, like, was that a decision from you guys or was it a decision from Worlds of Fun to pay homage to the old coaster? Right. Um. So it definitely was like Worlds of Fun that was like, hey, like we wanted to be pretty much identical to the last one. And it wasn't even just Worlds of Fun. It was like, you know, people that grew up in the area knew the coaster, grew up with it. They're like, that was the best part of the coaster. Like you yeah. can't get rid of that. So we were like, okay, challenge for us because we never did something like that before. But we took it on and we're doing amazing with it. Like I'm so excited for it to come out because it I can I see it back here and <laughs> watching them build it. It is the coolest thing ever. <laughs> yes, that is uh and I, we just it's very in- innovative and obviously it's for a park that obviously definitely needed a coaster too. Um hasn't got addition in many years. So these other smaller parks, Cedar Fair, Six Flags and stuff, it's great to seeing additions like this, but they hold up. Absolutely. Uh, and obviously with the Titan track, you see with the trends around the industry is that it's going to be a very big contender for parks to be buying these. And it's also probably cheaper than most of these fully steel structures or fully RMC projects or any of these with different mm-hmm. contenders. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, for you, um, minus 
Zambezi Zinger. Is there any upcoming projects, even if you can't speak on something that you're very excited about or something that we know about that you're excited for? Um, so we do have some projects coming up. Uh, if you want to check them out, there'll be some in the United States and a couple over in Asia, but can't say too much. Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. Uh, yeah. but we did just add a new edition of Titan Track onto uh, Jorah Sunday Drac at Efling. Um, can't quite remember if it was the blue or red side. I want to say red, but I don't think that's right. So don't hold me to that. But it definitely, we did put on a really big um, uh, section on Titan Track to Joris, and it has just made a world of a difference. It's right around the curve. So it feels like you're just going even faster flying right around. It's really awesome. Yeah. And the one, one question I had, I just thought of this now, kind of looking over your guys' website and stuff with, um, the theming you guys have with that, do you guys do your own theming with them or are you guys contracted with other people to incorporate the theming with the parks? So it's more uh, now like we can like build like certain things for the park to like go along with the theming if they want that. Otherwise, we just leave it up to the park to do the theming because it's just easier that way. And, you know, don't want to take the blame or something. Right. That's true. <laughs> I was just I was looking at Wicker Man, and that was one of the uh, rides that I would love to get to one day. But obviously, yeah. it's a couple thousand miles away. Yeah, um, yeah. But no, it just looks beautiful from that. And then Mystic Timbers for me, I love spooky, creepy. You know. Yes. Yes. Like that. It's a really cool vibe. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but we were because we, you know, we I talked about this to a couple coworkers the other day, and I said, you know, why don't we start doing our own theming and. You know, we could make some really cool ideas and throw it at the park, but they just said, you know, it's always just so much easier to leave it up to the park. But, I mean, they always come out and do a great job. Like, I feel like every coaster, you know, we have done so far, all the theming they have done for it's actually, like, pretty neat, you know? Oh, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. And then with um, sticking with the theming, do you guys design the trains for, like, say, for Mystic Timbers for these coasters yourself? Or, obviously, that's still in part with the park, but do you guys design mm -hmm. it in-house? Right. So um, they kind of just give us the theming. We we could work with people to um, give us designs and then we, you know, take pictures of the trains and send it to them and say, hey, does this look good? Does this kind of match with it? We can do something like that. They can send us over theming ideas and that's like what we'll have to put on those trains. But yeah, we're the one that builds them and everything. So we're kind of more on that side. But if they have like certain regulate or certain standards or just a certain look they're going for, then that's what they'll provide for us. Awesome. Yeah, I love the I love the the truck look from Mystic Timbers. I I everybody cool, says right? like on the comments I said, What do you have any questions for GCI? And everyone's like, Make sure you tell them how much you praise that ride. I'm like, I do. <laughs> I'm like it's it, like I, I talk about it all the time. We we went to Cedar our Kings Island twice for the winter event and that was the last ride I rode right before midnight struck. So Oh, awesome. Awesome. Yeah. You know, I thought the Zambezi trains kind of looked like the Jurassic Park. Uh, the tracks. Yeah. I thought that looked so cool. Like this could be a coaster. <laughs> That's what we were talking about with everything at IAPA this year. It was just cool seeing, obviously, trains from all the manufacturers above. And the one that I was like, it was the last one that I heard and saw pictures of was NBC Zinger. And I'm like, that's the best one I've seen. And a lot of them at the, you know, for me, I just think a lot of them were boring. But you guys, yeah. at, every coaster is different for GCI in terms of the train yeah. theming, the the money of flyer trains. Um, and obviously your Infinity Flyers and everything. I know I know Zach loves working on those, right, Zach? I do. <laughs> 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 
Full confidence. Listen, 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 listen. I don't use sad mixer on trains, but the PTC trains, they are solid build trains. I have to send it. I'm sorry, Olivia. He fun. That's fun. Trust me, when, when me and Zach were at Cedar Point, Zach was inspecting every inch of Blue Streak's trains while we were on the train. So, <laughs> it was a fun time. Um, oh my gosh. With with everything developing, and you guys have really grown tremendously, like the last like 10 years especially, uh, with new projects and, um, you know, develops and developments in technology and everything, where do you guys, uh, with you and your dad and everybody in the company want to be like a goal in 10 years. I mean, do you want fully Titan tracks and like in major parks across the country? Do you want mm-hmm. like a, in a sea world park or do you, I mean, what's your guys' overall vision? So definitely, um, definitely pushing Titan track, you know, getting it out there as much as we can. Um, that would be awesome. That's a huge goal for us. Um, if I, I don't want to quote too much on my dad about this, but I think I remember him saying, by the time he's done working here and pass it off, um, he wants at least 200 coasters built. We're, yeah. we're quite some time away, but I feel like now at the Titan track, we can honestly like make that doable. You know, we do have, um, you know, like I said, a couple projects coming up here in the next couple of years that will be done. And, um, as time goes on, I can definitely yeah. release more information, but, um, yeah, no, I think I think the Titan track, you know, the more awareness of it, the more per- push we get for it, that will then, you know, help us reach our goal of 200 coasters before Claire, you know, retires. <laughs> well, no, it's, it's uh, and with these old wood coasters, even some that aren't from you guys, uh, you guys can come in and put this Titan track on if you guys are hired. And yes. a, lot of, a lot of these coasters in the country and across the world are reaching the end of their service lives or getting close to that, I would say, in the next 10 years. A lot of yeah. them are from the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and they want to invest in them. They want to keep them going. I mean, yeah. Not not a GCI coaster, but look how good they've kept Jackrabbit. I, I just remember Zach going to uh, Kennywood. Jackrabbit has been, what, 104 years old? Oh, oh my gosh, yeah, quite. Yeah, right around that. And yeah. you're from PA, right? Yes. Okay, so yeah, it's uh, the these parks want to keep their coasters in good shape and these wood coasters because they have a nostalgic feel to them. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, with everything, is there a coaster that obviously from GCI you have rode all of them? Is there one that you want you like really want to get to and ride? Roaring Timbers in okay. Vietnam, <laughs> that, that it just it looks so beautiful. I I'm so excited. I hope to be going there soon, but if I do, I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah, that'd be, that'd be great. <laughs> um, with with everything, obviously. So you guys said you want to get to two hundred. What are you guys currently at right now? I don't have an exact number. Thirty and well, thirty right now as of Roaring Timbers, but thirty one if you know when Zambezi gets built in. Well, that'd be awesome. Yeah, that's uh, yes. very exciting. Um, and then with everything, okay, I'm trying to think of the word this. Um, is is there a target? park that you got like a dream park you would love to build a coaster in like if for your personal opinion oh boy <laughs> um it's is this the right one i think it's dream world in malaysia it's either malaysia or bangkok it looks insane it looks so cool there and i i think our coaster would just fit it right there i think either we could do like a twister there because they do have some thrill elements to their park but it seems more of like a family thing so i thought like 
you know, the Roaring Timbers is like a pretty compact coaster. I think, you know, maybe something like that there and just like, I think it'd be a really cool area. Maybe because I'm biased because I always wanted to visit those places, but (laughs) yeah. It goes hand in hand. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But I mean, I I think, you know, it doesn't really matter the park. It matters, you know, the awareness you put out for it and um, the actual quality of your product. So it could be like the most round round down park ever. But as long as you got a good product there, people are going to want to show up and see what's going on. And, you know, so to me, it's not about the park. It's about you know, how good's our product and what are the people wanting? Well, that's true. And um, the one thing with, obviously, with you guys and other manufacturers that are sticking, obviously, to with wood and, you know, like Gravity Group and stuff like that, you guys are developing these coasters that are the tallest. They're not the fastest, but they are in consistently in the top five, top ten of many coaster enthusiasts list, like Mystic Timbers or Ghost Rider or any of these rides. Uh-huh. So it just proves like Mystic Timbers for me, it does not feel like 55 miles per hour. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like you're going 65 miles per hour, especially at dark. That ride is magnificent yeah. at night. Yes. Um, do you have a favorite <laughs> night ride on any of them? Like, um, I thought Wudon was really cool at night. Okay. Seeing the park all lit up, which is very beautiful at Europa. So I think Wudon had to be my favorite at night. Aside from, okay, last question I have. I know. Um, I have many questions. I just, it was, it's been great talking. Thank you again. Uh, of course. Thank you. Minus GCI. Take it out. We just, we're talking about regular amusement parks. Do you have a favorite one inside the United States and then one outside the United States? I can't say about outside the United States yet because... I am traveling over to a different places soon, okay. and I'm going to ride a lot more then, so I could have an answer for you then. But I can't have an answer right now because I only rode two over there. Okay. However, however, in the United States, I went to Universal for the first time this past November for IAPA, and okay. I, I'm not saying I'm biased towards steel coasters. So I do like steel coasters, but I do prefer wood. Yeah. However, I rode the Velociraptor, and I think I rode that like, three or four times it's a 45 minute wait to get on i didn't care i just i was like this is the coolest thing ever but um (laughs) um we also what was also the other one we wrote the hulk was pretty cool but eh. no the velociraptor was awesome i have to say i have to say velociraptor was my favorite yeah the hulk for me it's just a little headbang yeah yeah it was right (laughs) hagrid's in the back i I think it's one of the most underrated rides too because it's a family ride but it's, it's a good time Oh, and yeah. Universal is just on a different level, and yeah, it is. they're building <laughs> they're building another park, obviously coming in twenty twenty five. So that's going to be very exciting, yeah. Um, yeah. epic universe. But as we close out, um, Zach, Olivia, do you guys have anything at all? Or anything? um, man, uh, come check out the Zambezi Zinger Coaster. You know, spring twenty twenty three. Check be- out Worlds of Fun. Get your tickets. <laughs> I'll be there. Don't come awesome. worry. I'll, I'll try to be there. So. Whenever, awesome. whenever opening week is, Zach, how about you? Come check out our coaster during like Predator. Yes, <laughs> it was funny. I was talking to somebody it's yesterday. Charged. Hey, Zach, you'd be you'd be very appreciative. I was talking. I was on the date yesterday, and uh, we were talking, and I was like, "She used to live in Abu Dhabi, and she was talking about like Ferrari World and all this stuff." And she's like, "Yeah, I went to I went to Six Flags Dairy, and like I really like this ride Predator." I'm like, "Nice." <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so, Zach, I figured I'd, I'll let you know. That's awesome. You picked the right Austin. <laughs> what? You picked the right woman, Austin. <laughs> um, but Zach, Olivia, thank you guys. It's, it was a, a short interview, but uh, thank you again for both coming on. Zach, thank you for asking, and Olivia, thank you again for responding so quickly and coming on. Of course, of course. Thank and you. Like I said, it's always up up to you. Our Instagram, just let me know whatever print you want. We'll send it to you. So, awesome. Uh, we got we got plenty. It's just really hard to get good pictures of Mystic Timbers because it's they all in the woods. So yep, yep. If you get a drone, I'm sure you can get some good shots. But I'm trying. <laughs> I'll, try. I'll, I'll try. I don't. I don't want King, Kings Island to shoot my drone down. Yeah. But uh, anyways, thank you guys again. Like I said, if you ever like if GCI ever needs some photography work, you let me know. Thank you so much, Austin. I really appreciate that. Of course, I would uh, thank you guys again for both coming on, and uh, I'll click end the recording, and then I'll... Okay, well, thank you, Olivia. That was awesome. That was a great interview. Uh, thank you, Olivia, Zach. Thank you, Zach. I mean, you're the one that got everything scheduled for that, so yeah. thank you both, and hopefully we can work with GCI in the future with the podcast, um, Media Days. Um, I, would love, yeah. I would love that it goes in BC Singers Media Day. Oh, my God. That would be great. I would love it. Um, and then in, we have an interview with Theme Park Tribute, um, Universal. I just talked to him for like 40 minutes. And yeah, take a listen now. Okay, welcome back to the Park Hoppers Radio. I'm your host, joined here tonight by John from Theme Park Tribute. How you doing, man? Good. Thanks for having me, Austin. Of course. Uh, but we're just kind of having a conversation back and forth tonight just about the new news that kind of just came out of nowhere regarding Universal and the new property in built or a uh, park they'll be building in Frisco, Texas. And then the property that they'll be adding on to area, uh, what's the area called in Vegas? Area 15. Yeah, Area 15. I was going to say, uh, yeah, Area 50, Area 15 in Vegas with their Halloween Horror Nights type thing that's going to be year round. Um, but I want you to take the lead. So what are your overall like first thoughts when you saw this news yesterday? Well, uh, the Halloween part of it isn't so much a surprise. Yeah. It, it, it had been rumored for at least a few years that Universal uh, Creative was considering some kind of small attraction in Vegas that was adult-oriented and at least played off of Halloween Horror Nights. Um, so that one, not as much of a surprise, but there had never been any details about it. And obviously, nothing confirmed until yeah. yesterday. The small park, total surprise, I think, to most people, even in who are pretty tuned into the theme park community. Yeah. And it seems like from you know, the reporting that's gone around it, uh, the Dallas Morning News said that this land was only bought about a month ago. It's part of a bigger development uh, in Frisco, Texas. Okay. And Universal bought it about a month ago through a shell company. And I think this was a case of they wanted to get ahead of the st story a few more months go by, even a few more weeks, and someone might have had it. So this way they get to announce it. Big surprise. Um, and unlike kind of a, a different thing for Universal, we don't know, um, you know, we don't know when it's opening and we, it, they're announcing something way, way ahead of that, you know, debut, which is unusual for the Orlando and Hollywood parks at least. Yeah, for sure. No, that's, uh, it's been, I, there was rumors that I was just reading on Reddit and whether it was, you know, people that are in the industry or not, they said that originally they thought Cedar Fair bought it but they couldn't confirm. And then Universal usually is hush hush about these things, obviously with like, we didn't know anything about Velocicoaster. We didn't know anything about Hagrid's. We didn't know anything about Epic Universe minus the Blue Sky Art. But now this just came out like, hey, we're doing this. And Universal Orlando Twitter has been very vocal on a lot of things recently. 
including hinting a new roller coaster too, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, but no, it was literally out of nowhere. So 100, it's like 100 acres, right? Yeah, 97. And 97 acres. So obviously this is a kids-oriented park for the people that don't know, and it'll be in Frisco, Texas. And I think, I have a few thoughts. We'll talk about those as we go with the episode. But Dallas, that area of Fort Worth is such a growing area. This is a perfect niche, perfect economy to be building into, especially with families moving down to Texas because one, it's a lower prices than a lot of states to live in, especially California. A lot of people, the major consumers moving from California to Texas, and it's a family usually of two with two kids or a kid or two. So they are, this is a perfect area for Universal to be building in. Yeah, and I think they're not coming in with any competition in that market for that same demographic because I would expect that this is going to be more along the lines of like a Legoland yeah. type thing where, yeah, you can make it a one to two day destination. It'll have an attached hotel, but it's going to be maybe a little bit above a Cedar Fair, a Six Flags, um, and especially much more kid oriented. And there's no there's no one else in this market and really in all of Texas that can compete with them on that. No, not at all. I mean, because you have Six Flags Fiesta Texas, you have Six Flags over Texas, and then you have San Antonio for SeaWorld. So you have all these obviously coaster oriented parks, but you don't have a family oriented park like a Legoland, like a Sesame place. So this is a perfect nation, obviously for such a growing area. But the one thing that I want to say is like from the blue sky art, it does obviously look like they're not going to be pouring a ton of millions of dollars into this for like say Epic universe or for a new expansion to like universal. They're It's just going to be more scaled back in terms of the, you know, theming not in depth as if, if I could put it that way, I don't think they're going to be pouring. <laughs> I don't, I don't think they're going to be pouring as much effort and time into this as they are say Epic universe. It's going to be more, you know, probably 2d attraction. I mean, probably like, you know, screen-based rides. It's not going to be full in-depth walkthroughs like a Harry Potter. So. Yeah. But I could also see, you know, just from the art and, you know, concept art is always fudged at this stage where they try to take out a lot of the very obvious indicators. I mean, if you look at it in the front entrance, that the little icon right above the, the entrance sure looks a lot like the DreamWorks logo, Yeah, but it's not the DreamWorks logo. Just like if you looked at the Epic Universe art, it's like, well, that's kind of Nintendo-ish, but not really, but we knew it was coming. Um, but from that, there are a few buildings that look like they could hold dark rides. And considering uh, the scale of the resort, they I don't think they want to make it seasonal, even in the case of it be closed a month. Yeah. So having some more indoor attractions would be better for them in terms of their revenue generation. And then I think they can afford just to build some, at least some traditional dark rides that don't yeah. take up so much space. And compared to what a Six Flags or Cedar or Cedar Fair Park would put in, those are more expensive, but it yeah. would pay off a little bit more with longer operating time. Yeah, it's yeah, very true. And I think from what I see from the obviously we keep saying blue sky art. If people don't know what blue sky art means, it just means it's a concept of what's going to come to the parks and just at a visionary board for because this is probably not even going to be open. I'm guessing around like 2026, 2027. I don't know because yeah. they're, they have a lot of time and effort and money going into Epic Universe right now. And then they'll probably slowly transition into that. And obviously with a new coaster probably coming to Hollywood in the next year or two, too. But they just got to spread out their workers 
Um, but they got plenty of money and resources. So I don't doubt them that they're going to get this. This is probably going to be speedy, just like Epic, Epic Universe. So, um, But overall, I mean, there's going to be a water ride. I could see that from the art. But the properties are going to use, like I, we were talking before we started, was I don't think this is going to be branded as universal, like right on the front gate. I think this is going to be something DreamWorks oriented because this is all their DreamWorks properties are going to be using. So I don't know. Like that's that's just my speculation because I know Shrek, uh, Trolls is going to be in there, um, and I don't know. I just just from what I see, what do you what in terms of theming with the lands? What what would you like to see? Um, well, what I think we'll see is I think you're right that it will be at least DreamWorks properties. I'm not yeah. so sure it's exactly going to be a DreamWorks branded park versus universal yeah. um but i don't but they it may it may be just that that they don't want to limit themselves maybe they want to bring in illumination at some point that, yeah. maybe they want that want that to be in the mix too and it does look like there's going to be something shrek themed there's going to be something trolls themed and then there does look to be a camp crustaceous jurassic park area um which was produced by the dreamworks studio the camp crustaceous yeah. um stuff on netflix but there does seem to be in the back a little a little area that looks like the um a little mini jurassic park discovery center and yeah other than that i'm not i'm not so sure if i want to read in too much about what's going to be there or not um it's just the troll shrek and camp crustaceous look like the obvious ones you know that's uh it's exciting too because like we were talking earlier was when people think when people, I have seen reactions from this, like, Oh, you know, it looks good. It looks, you know, okay. But I'm just like, did universal obviously built Hagrid's and that's a family oriented ride. If they can build rides, obviously not to that scale of $350 million, but if they're pouring their time and putting these in the dark rides and probably going to have a family roller coaster here of some sorts, not going to doubt them on that for a hundred acre park, they're going to do a good job with this. Um, but I don't know if you, so I, I listened to a guy on YouTube, Poseidon Entertainment. He was saying his like free thoughts before he did a whole like essay video. He was saying the reason why Disney doesn't want to build a park in Texas at, at per se to Universal is they don't want to be branded as regional. If that makes any sense, you know. Yeah, I mean, in, there, I think the, the the prestige part of that, I don't know if that really holds up, but yeah. there is a legitimate concern about cannibalization. Yeah, and maybe it's just that Universal thinks that they can brand this differently, they can orient this to a different part to a different audience, and then they're not like getting people going there and then preventing them from going for, to Orlando. Yeah. Whereas a regional Disney park probably would work that way. Yeah. No, so I I I don't think it's going to hurt the brand at all, but I just think that they need to put the correct obviously effort into building this park and not like per se like half asset. I mean, I don't think they will. Obviously, it's universal. They do a lot of time and effort in their properties. Um, but I don't like the guy that he I was listening to. He said dilute, like to dilute the image of universal. Um, but I, I don't know. I think it's going to be a good property for that area. It's a growing area. It's a booming. Obviously, everyone's moving to Texas now. It's so cheap uh, compared to many states like Florida, you know, California, even Colorado is one of the most expensive states. So everybody's going south and it's a good property um is there anything you want to see from this property per se like that you want to see like definitely in this park i think i think i want to see some dark rides i don't want it just to be a bunch of flats but i also don't yeah. think they're going to go that route okay um because i think i think the legoland comparison is apt there and legoland parks tend to have at least 
not two, maybe three dark rides, interactive or, or otherwise. Um, and then I'd like to see some sort of, you know, um, like family coaster that's kind of one of the headliners in that, okay. like a family version of Velocicoaster, maybe in the in the Camp Crustacea section, something yeah. like that. I think because uh, they need it can't be you know two on the level of kids because if you're trying to attract family guests yeah, to stay yeah. for for more a few days, you need you need to give them something more to do. Um, and if you've ever been to a Legoland park, just as like the coaster enthusiast trying to get the credits, um, yeah. it can be like okay, like I. You know, I'm paying like a hundred bucks for these three credits, and I just want to get out of here. Doesn't make you want to stay a little bit more unless you had a really small child, but yeah. give the parents something to do too. So th that's what I'd like to see: a bigger dark ride, like not really small scale, only flats, but uh, some bigger dark rides. And then I think it needs a family coaster as kind of one of its headliners. No, I agree, and I, it doesn't even need to be on a scale of per se of like the like the magnitude of Hagrid's, but just something of that sorts. It doesn't need to be like, you know, a motorbike ride it doesn't need to be a straddle ride. It just needs to be something that can get those people that are 13, 14, 15 and so on up. And then also, you know, let kids have an entry into riding rides because I think the perfect would be like a regular kids coaster be there. Obviously maybe like something um, like flight of hypocrite, something of that sorts, but just a little bit more themed and then have that family headliner ride to get all sorts of people coming to this park. But I don't want to see any screen rides here. <laughs> That's the one thing I, I ask is yes, we, we complain a lot, a lot of universal people like we don't need more screen rides, but I think you need to put like good time into these dark rides because in Texas there's no dark rides. <laughs> There's yeah. no dark rides, and that's that's one thing they're gonna get people coming. Like with Lost Island, is that dark ride got voted the best dark ride of the year, and that's the main thing I hear people talking about. Lost Island is not about the roller coaster, not about the theming of the park, is just that dark ride volcano. The few so, people that that got out to Lost Island, yeah, I guess we should uh, say <laughs> the, the 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 six people that got the Lost Island this year because it's in Iowa, yes. So, but no, that's the thing is that's, that's what people talk about is like the theming for this one dark ride in the middle of nowhere, Iowa. They're just talking about this dark ride. So if you have a good headlining dark ride too, and a family coaster, they're set. Yeah. And then, you know, throw in a show um, oh, of yeah. some kind in there and then, you know, fill it out with like, you no, know, it's not like flat rides need to be avoided entirely, nor will they, no. yeah. but, but that just shouldn't be the focus of the park. It's gotta be more than that. Cause it's going to be, it sh and it should be at a higher price point than a six flags or Cedar fair or sea world park. And, um, you know, it needs to be stuffed enough with attractions to give people the excuse to stay a second day. No, I, yeah, for sure. And I, I, I say like with price range, the way that they'll go, I'm probably guessing probably 89 bucks to $109. I mean, it's that's just how they're going to price it, but I would say around probably like $90 is probably a good rate. They'll probably have people come in at uh, because you know, you have your Six Flags, you have your Cedar Fair parks around the area, all around 70. I would say, I don't know per se. I haven't been down to Texas in a while, so I would say around 70 bucks, including parking, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been a, actually it's been a while yeah. since I've been to one of those parks without a pass. So. Yeah, I th no, that's <laughs> same with me. It's like all the parks I'm at, I have a pass. So I don't even pay attention to the pricing anymore. So it's it's just a it's a perk of spending that money for the season passes. Yeah, um, yeah and, I, I I have the Legoland passes in mind because I've just been looking at ones yeah. for for an upcoming California trip, and I'm like, wow, it's really that much <laughs> for this, and and the three credits I want, like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, 
We'll transition a little bit. We'll talk about the, because I'm really interested in this as a, I own a haunt at my house. So we actually own a home haunt. And so the, the full year round haunted experience that's coming to area 15 in Vegas, uh, that was more obviously you said discussed and more, you know, theorized and planned out than obviously this park that was announced. What's your like opening thoughts on that? I think it's really just a no brainer. I oh, mean, yeah. they put in all this effort into these great haunts every year for Hollywood and Orlando and even, and even Japan. Yeah. Um, and they have to work within the limitations of it's only going to be up for a certain amount of time. Um, it's only, it's only going to serve these guests. Um, and so we can't get as in depth in the theming as they want. And the in park haunts, you know, when they've done it with, with Hollywood, they've kind of been an afterthought and they aren't as, they aren't really well done outside of horror season, you know? And agree. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I no, mean, I... it's, it's just the way it's been. Cause I mean, they take a lot of staffing, but if you've got a consistent uh, stream of customers coming in, in Vegas, maybe you have some better hours. So you're not that open during the day. Cause like, yeah. you know, sta- staffing the, the walking dead attraction at nine 30 in the morning and Hollywood oh, yeah, wasn't, it's wasn't a great idea no uh, um so i just it's just a no-brainer for universal creative to get into the space they do so they do so much in this area well and now they can really flex their muscles in something that's a little more permanent can attract more people that either know the property or don't um in terms of like i'm talking about horror nights in yeah. general and there's no cannibalization either even though it's you know however long it is from vegas to, to hollywood yeah. to drive these are going to like people who are already been to horror nights are going to want to go to this one. And then it could bring in more people who have never heard of horror nights and get them to want to make a trip to either coast for it. It's just a win, a win, 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 win. (laughs) Yeah. And this, like you said, this is a win and no matter regards of how you look at it, people love Halloween horror nights. This is in Vegas. And the one thing I would say regarding talking in the haunt industry of, you know, being really close with haunt creators and haunted house owners in my areas, the burnout for those haunts is a lot. So you can't open your, you can't, Universal can't open this at nine o'clock in the morning and then staff all the way till 12, one o'clock in the morning. There's no way it's going to happen. Um, I feel like there's going to be more, it's not going to, I don't, I don't think it's going to be a Halloween horror nights every single night, you know, full on scares. There's going to be obviously the Universal's monsters, creative team with like dracula and werewolf and mummy all these things that's going to be there permanent but the cool thing about it is it's going to be seasonal they can change this out anytime they want they don't have to worry about taking this down in three months they don't have to worry about keeping it up for one month and taking it down they have this land they have this property the whole year they can change it whenever they want they can say hey this part of the building is not open for a week we're going to change this we're going to do this um but no this is a no-brainer yeah, and they also don't have to worry about, you know, a hurricane coming in and maybe they got to blow it. It gets blown away when it's under construction. Also a bonus. Exactly. And um, like and like this is getting people that are going to come from California, are going to come from the surrounding states that like Halloween Horror Nights, that can't make that easy trip to Hollywood. They can't make that easy trip down to Orlando because Orlando's Halloween Horror Nights is more regarded as the better one in terms of them. But we went this year for the first time. I was kind of mixed thoughts um the one thing i asked for them if if universal ever watches this if they do thank you um you don't need a security guard in every single room with a haunted house you, you don't you don't you don't you don't 
I've, ta- I've talked to some Han actors that might disagree with you on that. Well, okay, okay. Well, th- I think the thing with this is um, you have a better, you have an easier chance. Now, I'm saying not the word vet. I don't know if that's the right word, but vetting people out in terms of coming to this attraction than 100,000 people walking through your gates at the front gate for a theme park. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, no, you're I, right. I, like I said, with my my actors, yes, obviously it's a neighborhood. We have 1,500 people come a night. That's a lot of people for a neighborhood. But at the same time, you got to protect your actors. But it that kind of broke the immersion for me going my, as my first time this year. I, I wasn't expecting that. The walk-in room, like, okay, there's, an, there's a security guard in here. I'm going to get scared, you know. Yeah, I mean, but I, it, getting back to the yeah. attraction, I just think um, it's such a no-brainer, as we both said. And then it's definitely going to be a universal property that they go in. I oh, don't yeah. foresee. I don't see why they would do any licensing in this area. That no. gives them more freedom to to not have to change it out or make changes whenever they want. Um, not have to go buy a licensee to do that. And just that universal name, even for people who don't know Halloween Horror Nights, if it's the classic Universal Monsters, that'll get plenty of you know, yeah. casual people in that wouldn't even usually go to a haunt necessarily. Um, so does nothing but good things for the brand and for the other resorts too. No. And it gets recognition. So universal's got Vegas. They have Hollywood. They, I mean, they're going to have Texas. They're going to have Orlando. They have California. I mean, they they're going to keep expanding. And the question that I'm going to put out here right now for you is can Disney keep up? <laughs> well, I, th- <laughs> I mean, that's- I think some of these aren't, aren't as aren't necessarily <laughs> like, like a to b comparisons because no, some, some no. of this like disney's not building an attraction in vegas no. they're just not going to do that they're not going to build a small regional park and they have good reasons not to um the bigger questions will all be around epic universe and That's, whether yeah. disney disney sees the need to um to go against that and frankly at this point they may as well just wait to see what the reaction to epic universe is much like they did you know 25 years ago with islands of adventure is just see how if it really makes a difference it's probably going to benefit them in certain ways because you open up a big attraction people make trips and it's unlikely that a lot of people are going to come in who travel specifically for epic universe and they're not going to do at least a day at disney oh yeah but uh these other attractions i don't see it as like a a comparison or thing that disney really needs to respond to universal's playing on a different game. It's really, I th- I would think the Lego lands that That's might true. need, that might need to be um, worried. Cause they just, you know, universal just took away a good potential market for them. No, I, I agree with that. Yeah. I, I meant, I meant the phrase that question in terms of Epic universe. Um, but that, yeah. So no, it's not the same level as those, but like Lego land and these parks, uh, these smaller parks and not like Sesame place because it's in Pennsylvania, but no, that's that's a big market that Universal's taking out in Texas for you know a potential if Legoland was to be down there. But um, yeah, but no, with Epic Universe, I mean, we can talk about that a little bit. Is I think it's D- Disney's benefit to wait, like you said, they don't need to respond and say, okay, we're building a park and we're going to open in twenty twenty six because we know that they can't even build a ride in four years. So, um, kidding, kidding. <laughs> uh, anyways, um, but the, that's the thing is like. Disney is reverting a lot of old things while Universal is bringing a lot of new things to the parks. And I love competition. So I want to see Disney, obviously not, not clap back, but I want to see Disney, you know, like, Hey, like, you know, Epic universe, like we're going to plan something. And they actually had a meeting about this yesterday. I don't know if you heard about that. Yeah. I heard about the, you know, the, just then these are, these are very like 
early level talks. Oh, yeah. This Reedy Creek thing about them not saying we've got the land for this park and this park. That That's like a master plan that is so vague and so far into the future that no one should be saying that, um, oh, this this park is coming even in yeah. your lifetime, honestly. Um, it's it's kind of it's even less far along than the Disneyland forward project where we saw actual like you no know, we saw some IP get thrown out yeah. and we saw really where these parks would be located. Um, and for Disney's sake, Disney World's sake, like don't build a fifth park, go finish two, three and four first uh, would be exactly. really the way to do the way to do it. No, I I can I was just gonna say the same thing. I'm like, you don't need a fifth park, you don't need a fifth gate right now, you don't need two more water parks because no. one, <laughs> nobody nobody visits your water parks anyways in the right now. I've <laughs> I've I've been going to Florida my entire life as 22 years. I've probably been to Disney more times than I have been to Cedar Point and I live right next to it. I've never been to a water park for Disney World. <laughs> that's that's as that's a simple. So they don't need any more water parks, but you need to finish Epcot. You need to finish all the walls at Epcot. You need obviously expansion of these parks like hollywood studios is a mess right now um it's in my opinion it's just a complete like just crap show of all these ips everywhere in the park and there's no coherency at this at all and the animal kingdom i always i'm gonna stand by this it's a fourth day park i'm sorry it's a fourth it is day park. no no it's no it, it absolutely is and it needs something with um with pandora being so many years away yeah. Um, you know, it, it, every, every single park with the exception of the magic kingdom could use probably two more e-ticket level attractions yeah. to really, to really fill out their lineup. And instead they get like one and then they wait five years at minimum. minimum and yeah. by that time they need, they, they, you know, that just, uh, that deficit never like never goes down. They just keep needing that two that they need to finish it off. And yeah, I'm the, I'm the same way with yeah. you. I just don't prioritize water parks. Yeah. It's... And like, I know I went to Typhoon Lagoon as a kid. I even went to river country as a kid. I'm, oh, I'm, wow. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm that old. I was like six, but I went there, didn't get a brain amoeba or anything. Uh... <laughs> That's good. I, my parents didn't either. So I'm glad, I'm glad we're, we're living, but like two more water parks. Why would they possibly need that to like, so they can have three clothes at the same time. Is that exactly. the deal? Yeah, I just like the, the I was reading some of you know the, the, obviously the notes from the meeting and then kind of the takeaways was like oh we could possibly expand to two more water parks. I'm like no, 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 you don't need two water parks. And like you said, it's just in terms of one. Obviously, Iger's back. Chapex out. I know we've been talking about Universal, but to hint on this is he's reverting a lot of things and hopefully it turns in the right direction in terms of. They just announced that there's no more parking fees for hotel guests, which should have never been there in the first place. Um, they're bringing back Harmony, or sorry, they're bringing back Epcot forever. They're taking Harmonious out. They're bringing back uh, Happily Ever After. They're taking out the other one to show. They're reverting a lot of their old things back to new, or a lot of new things back to old. And then Universal is just like, we're just getting everything new. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, it, it'll it'll be interesting to see how they respond. But you really wouldn't, as a Disney fan or a Universal fan, a theme park fan. First off, don't try to pick sides. I would say that to the whole theme park community. Being a sycophant to any of one of these companies, they are not your friends. What we want to do is them to be competing for us, not us battling over them. So exactly. there's my. I'll get off my soapbox on that one. No, I, I agree. Yeah. It's but... no, it's it's better for us. It's like when SeaWorld wanted the buyout, when they offered the buyout Cedar Fair this year, I was like, no, 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 no. absolutely not. 
because that decreases the competition because they're not going to be trying to competing with these other areas and these markets. So you want these, you don't want six flags to sell five of their parks this year. You, like somebody said, I think six flags is going to sell some of their parks. Okay. Yes. They're in financial troubles, but also it's going to decrease competition. So if, if they wanted to sell, I, my home park is six flags, great America. If I, okay. would, I would give anything for that to be a Cedar fair run park instead of six flags at this point, but, and that's a better six flags park. Also, like, but getting back to universal no, Disney, yeah. um, you really wouldn't want Disney to be responding to Epic Universe like right now, especially with JPEG coming in, because yeah. what you would get is cookie cutter stuff that they could get done quick. What they should be doing is have design work, the kind of longer design process that is typical for Imagineering happening right now to where if they see the early signs of Epic Universe being a big hit, making a drain on them or at least doing something that they feel they need to respond to it. They've got something they can get started on really quickly. That will be great and worth the investment Yeah. rather than you don't want them throwing in a cookie cutter ride that isn't really going to move the needle is something we've seen before and is still going to cost them a ton of money and will prevent them from investing in something better a few years down the line. Seven dwarfs mine, right? <laughs> no right right no, that's we, exactly yeah we then, don't want that yeah <laughs> i mean you you have seven doors of mine ride but then you have hagrids i mean it's just it's the same type it's the family ride that you need at the park but obviously one is just leagues above the other and i've talked to many disney people that like i love disney and universal and there's many times i'll bash disney on the podcast and i'll even bash universal but like you said it's a good point you're not taking sides you want them to be battling for your money your attention you want them to be battling against each other to see who has these better parks because we've seen it with the coaster wars. We've, we've seen it with, Hey, I'm going to build a 200 foot coaster. Well, I'm going to build a 250 foot. I'm going to build a 300 foot. I'm going to build a 400 foot. Keep that competition rolling. It's way better for us. Way better. No, it's, um, but no, but going back and circling fully back to this new property and everything, um, universal is expanding out and the trend of the, whole theme park industry is people want to come back to these parks people are not afraid of the COVID stuff anymore they're not afraid of leaving their house they want these experiences and i saw a study today for people my age is they're spending 50 percent more money on experiences over items and i personally was like okay i don't know if to how believable that is because i'm like people are really materialistic my age but it makes sense i spent I put 20,000 miles in my car last year traveling to these parks. And that's just not just me, but it's just, I know so many people want to go to concerts. They want to go to theme parks. They want to go to baseball games, basketball games. They don't want these things that are just, they can just have. So no, it, it makes sense. And Bush Gardens is killing the game right now. Universal's killing the game. SeaWorld's killing the game. Cedar Fair. They're hang. I mean, I'm not saying that they're failing, but I mean, but <laughs> give it a year, give it a year. Give it, give it, give it until the next slate of announcements. Yes. Well, that's a better judge judgment. And then Six Flags, uh, kind of just like they're just holding the life preserver right now. But they're, I mean, they're they're fine. I told I told them in my predictions episode that their stock's going to go up. Give Salim a chance. I know people love the bash on Salim. Give him a give him a chance. Just just let him do his thing. Just give him a year. If he doesn't do good in a year, then kick him out. But. Um, I'll say I'll say one thing on the Six Flags front yeah. for people who have been worried about their and you know, the strategy. Um, it seems like they're shifting it to where they recognize that 
hey, maybe raising all the prices and adding nothing wasn't going to add up to a premium experience. And when I was at IAPA a few months ago, and any other reporter can tell you this who was there too, you saw plenty of Six Flags people active talking with manufacturers. And I think that's where they got, um, you know, the spaghetti uh, bowl coaster was just, they took the off the shelf ride that they could announce almost immediately and a lot of these other ones, they're gonna they're gonna wait until the next season to get them in, but they had to make deals that fast for something to come in 2024. They know they need to add stuff. And you're probably getting it a lot quicker and you'll get it kind of in a big boom, yeah. um, I think next year. Whereas if their strategy had even been a little more successful, they might have stuck to their guns and saying, Oh, we don't need to add anything. Instead, they're gonna revert course. Yeah, I and with like you said, the thing is like, hey, like let's get this off the shelf coaster. Is that's a very rare case. Most of the times, like people don't realize that these planning for these coasters takes years. It takes probably three to four years just to plan out one coaster. So all their plans are coming from ni- 2019, 2020, and they're still coming to fruition. And they went through the seasonal changes. They went through the operational changes. They went through leadership changes. They went through COVID. They're getting back to this. I think 2024, I'm not saying it's going to be the best year ever for Six Flags, but this year they're getting their foot on solid ground. They're going to build back up. And I'm not saying this because I, you know, like I'm a Cedar. I love my Cedar Fair parks. It's all my parks near me is Carowinds, Kings Island, Cedar Point. But I want Six Flags to do good. I think we all want them to do good. I don't want them to fail. No, not at all. Yeah, I I, th- I think some people just like prey on the downfall of these parks. I'm like, you might be a Cedar Fair fanboy, but you want to see Six Flags do well and respond to all the other competition. It just was a no-brainer, I think, to most people that this strategy is like, really? You think yeah. like I don't I don't have an MBA and I know that's not yeah. a good business call. <laughs> I think it was more of us like they're looking back that you're like, holy, holy crap, like wow, that was one of the worst things we could have done. We needed to like just like just completely restart. And like I said, I think 2024, getting the spaghetti bowl coaster. Getting, you know, it, it might be a small addition, but it's all also that park, Six Flags Fiesta Texas might be not necessarily the best park, but they're actually absolutely killing the game right now in terms of Six Flags parks. Yeah, no, they and they seem to be the favorite child. It is it is strange that the only park you know, one or one of the uh, one of the two parks in the Six Flag chains that get gets a new coaster in 2022. They're the one that also gets a new coaster in 2023. That was unexpected. A little bit strange, um, but I mean, it was so off the shelf that literally that same exact concept art they'd even change the color of the track that was at the skyline uh, booth at iapa and all they did was put the logo of the park on it i, I love that i love that <laughs> from them that's it but uh yeah they I, I miss i just want these parks i mean i think they're still at growing pains from obviously all the COVID stuff and leadership changes but I think 2024, I've said it before on the podcast, 2024 is going to be an amazing year for the theme park industry. I think this year will be fine too, but I think 2024 will be one of the prime years of this, obviously 2020 to 2030 decade. So, Yeah, because you had to wait you know, for, for the Cedar Fair parks. They're making bigger investments. They would have had to be making those decisions in 2021. Yeah. At that point, they haven't paid off their COVID debt yet. The stuff that they just had to get through to survive they were seeing what that, you know, that there was still a big effect on their season. They get through 2022. There wasn't as big an effect. It's back to normal. They know this year they can, or this, um, this past year, they can make those investments in time for 2024. And we'll hear about that later this year, I'm sure. Yeah. And there's not a lot of things that are 
kind of random moments, kind of like getting the spaghetti ball coaster, but like nobody thought top throw was going to break down like this and replace it. So that's an, that's an oddball child, but these parks like Kings Island or Carowinds getting a new area, Kings Island getting a new area. These parks, these were decisions that were probably made two two to three years ago to do these and clearing out these lands. You see it with Valley Fair. Valley's Fair is probably going to get a coaster in 2024, I hope. Um, Worlds of Fun has been removing land and clearing this land for three years. And now look, they're getting Zambezi Zinger. It's all planning. And some people think it's just like, oh, we decided that we're going to build a coaster this year and open it next year. It's not what happens. No, no. Not it's a, got a lot, lot more work goes into it than that. So you got to give these parks a little bit of credit. I mean, obviously, we don't know the ins and outs of these parks. And there's decisions that are bad that we don't support. And there's decisions that, hey, let's, we couldn't have done that. It's, it's, they're the ones running the park, not us. Yeah. <laughs> and um, you know, and it's not a bad idea for a lot of those Cedar Fair parks to beef up their family offerings. You know, enthusiasts might might not recognize that they're not the only customers and those family customers are are a big deal and giving them better kids areas that are a little more well-themed, have some better flats, nothing wrong with that at all. Oh, not at all. And I mean these areas are cool. I mean, I'm Kings Island's area might not be the biz- biggest expansion, but it's we've talked about this last episode. It's a dead area in a park that just needs a facelift that's all it is the the area of carowinds is not a dead area per se but the area is just kind of meh and it needs a facelift so and then obviously the biggest one was cedar fairby or cedar point being my home park is that boardwalk area as much as it was open it was pretty ugly over there yeah yeah (laughs) it's especially i mean i think if they keep expanding that area i think you need to do a little bit with kitty kingdom uh just those rides are from like 1950. Um, but, but I'm just glad these parks are investing their resources in getting these areas cleaned up a little bit, getting better food offerings, because I see a lot of the same complaints is the food's not good. This isn't good. I'm like, but then when they build it, now you're complaining about it. <laughs> <laughs> you're complaining that it's not, no, not every year you're getting a giga like it. Yeah. Or, or the, or, or, or the, or the complaint about a giga. Yeah, I mean they're like, okay, Orion's not. I'm like, would, uh, would you rather not get Orion or get Orion? <laughs> right. Yeah. It, it, might, it might not be the best gig out there, and people say it's a hyper, but it's it's still a roller coaster at Kings Island, and Kings Island is my favorite child of Cedar Fair right now. Yeah. So, um, but getting towards the end of this recording, um, going back to Universal, obviously that's where we started at. What's do you have any? I mean, final thoughts or you know anything on obviously the new park being built. And obviously the Halloween event or Halloween area being built, I would say. I don't know, I don't know what to call it. I'm just going to call it year-round haunt. <laughs> I, I'm not going to claim to have any special knowledge in this area about what Universal might do next. Because certainly these projects have to come to fruition first yeah. to us to call it expansion. There's, you know, a whole, um, you know, part, maybe part of the reason why YouTube exists is to document all these Disney projects from the 90s that didn't happen. And a lot of them included moves to get into that regional market yeah that the mo like the biggest that ever got built was the disney quest in chicago which lasted two years so not a guarantee yeah. these gates built and not a guarantee that they'll be a success if they are i would think that universal would look at not another family park but they might think about a year-round haunt thing maybe in new york that's yeah that's that's a big area too that's yeah and then i would think the next thing on their big expansion list were would be getting a european park the most obvious thing being 
just go buy Port Aventura and start again. That again, yeah, <laughs> that, that that's true. And I, I was I was listening to the video from uh, Poseidon Entertainment today, and he's talking about Port Aventura and saying like, you could buy it, but is it is it too late to buy it and rebrand it because it's not really in your in your niche? But I'm like, well, one, it's not in America, so I mean, you don't have to have this immersive, hundred percent in detailed world like Epic Universe is going to be. You can have these coasters, and then you have Ferrari World attached. Obviously, its counterpart. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I think that they, if these are like you said, these successes, they're going to want to expand the market. Going to New York, you could even go to Chicago. Honestly, I mean, that's a that's a big. I mean, I know Disney failed in Chicago, but that's also this is two way two completely different things. And Chicago is yeah. an adult oriented place. Mm-hmm. I mean, you live up there. Obviously, I mean, you, <laughs> yeah, and far and far enough away that I think that I think the thing is, even with the Halloween, uh, the Halloween thing, they don't want to get into any space where they're potentially cannibalizing. That, I think yeah. the I think any sort of permanent haunt is more of an ambassador to the other resorts than anything that takes away. But still, you won't see it in Atlanta. Like no. you'll see it, you'll see it on one of the coasts, and then yeah, probably Chicago would be the next the next choice you're just taking the corners out you're just going california you're going up i mean yeah you're not going anywhere obviously not going in the middle of like iowa or somewhere um but no like new york you're not you're not within 900 miles a thousand miles of anything yeah so who would build a highly themed park in iowa who would do that (laughs) uh yeah yeah (laughs) who would do that no, I I, 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 I joke. I'm going. I'm definitely yeah. going to Lost Island once Matugani is open. I was saving my trip there for that. It's only like four hours away from me. It's about, it's about five and a half for us. So I definitely going to get out there. We're going like doing our west trip and then coming back. So we're driving there both ways. So that'll be fun. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. But I get to stop at Silver Dollar City. It's all. I'm so excited for Silver uh, Dollar City. Yeah um and because i'm doing on tiktok like this big like countdown of like the best states for coasters and people are gonna really be really surprised on some of the parks because people are like wisconsin's gonna be number one i'm like no who, who would think wisconsin's gonna be number no, because, one? <laughs> because like the lower tier parks like alaska hawaii all these like lower states delaware rhode island i'm including water parks in the rankings because they don't have anything parks oh okay so you're not doing it just by coasters i got it so okay. i'm doing it by like the attractions offering but like i have to be like okay they don't have anything i'll just be like hey they have a water park because yeah then when i when i said i think when i said water park people are like oh oh yeah wisconsin's like water park capital of the world i'm like that's true i didn't think about that <laughs> but no i i think people are gonna be really surprised i'm excited for it so but people are mad it's gonna be 50 days i'm not doing like i'm doing one one state a day <laughs> it's a lot of work milk it <laughs> Egg, egg, egg. The first video got 280,000 views, so I'm milking it. <laughs> um, but it's been a great uh, chat with you. Any closing thoughts on anything at all? I mean, it doesn't have to be universal. It could be anything theme park oriented. Uh, no, I think we've I think we've run yeah. the gamut here. We've we've either trashed or praised every single theme park chain in the mix. Uh, we a lot of good thoughts. It's been a good talk. <laughs> no, I appreciate. Yeah, it's um, yeah. I mean, like the main thing I want to take away is that is these parks, if you're, anybody's listening that works at these parks or runs these parks, we want competition. That's yeah. all we want. We don't, we don't want to complain. We don't want to come to your parks and complain like, you know, entitled enthusiasts. We want to come enjoy your parks, have a good time, and just ride rides and just have a good time. Because I think that's the thing is like the biggest thing for our community is moving into this year. I'm not saying it's a New Year's resolution because I don't believe in those. Is just stop. We just need all, all, all of us. I, I'm guilty of it too. Stop complaining. Yeah, I, I, I trust me. I'm guilty of it. I complain, you know, 
there's little things like when I want a people mover this year, I was mad that they changed the audio to, to, you know, rebrand to enterprise naming, but like, come on, it's, you know, but go to these parks, enjoy your time. You don't have to nitpick every little thing when you go to these parks, just enjoy your time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know, that doesn't mean you have to you know, get shy away from honest, fair yeah. criticism because I wouldn't trust anyone who says everything is great all the time. Well, um, <laughs> there's, there's a few people in the community like that. <laughs> yes, there are. And I don't trust them. <laughs> uh, it's, I, I think it's just more for like, uh, like trying to get those brands and sponsorships. But I, yeah. you, you, like you said, you can't be afraid. You got to talk your mind. And like, there's moments like I know, like podcasters and people that get to go to these parks have interviews at the parks. And then the next episode, they're like, Hey, like I'll be truthful. I didn't like this ride at that park. Say your mind. Yeah. Yeah. So. But yeah, um, anyways, getting, like I said, getting towards the end of the episode, uh, this was John, uh, and where can, where's all your, your, I can't talk today. Where's all your social media so everybody can check you out. Uh, it's theme park trib on pretty much every platform. That's, that's my Twitter. That's my Facebook. That's my Mastodon. That's my post news. That's my YouTube. Uh, and then it's themeparktribune.com for the website. Awesome. Well, we're uh, gonna. This is gonna be added in one of our week's episodes. So, thank you again for coming on. And uh, like this, we're just talking about Universal and everything. So, let us know your thoughts down below. What you think of all these new amazing news from many parks? <laughs> um, but thank you again, John, for coming on again. And uh, we'll look forward to having you again. Thanks. Yep. Have a great night, man. You too, dude. Thank you again, man. I was having great having you on. We talked about Universal, the new like haunted area coming to Vegas. What, what do you think about that? I mean, Vegas is already scary as it is. So it is very scary. How do you uh it's gonna be what, twenty four seven too? Uh, three sixty five. Yeah, it's gonna one year round. So. so it'll be interesting. Um, but I wanna say thank you. I mean, if it hopefully it's better than Hollywood Bowen Nights. I would hope so. <laughs> they they have a lot of work to do. Yeah. But like I think the best one that they I think for me personally, the best one was still that New England themed area. Yeah. The, the boat, boat, the pirate. Yeah. yeah. With the weird I mean, all the th- the theming was great and everything. I mean they freaking built three houses in, in one stage. <laughs> yeah. Oh my okay. It's I think like, damn. you just work on the scares, you're fine. Yeah. They did an amazing job. Just yeah. Give the actors a little bit more room to like Use their talents. Yeah, yeah, people. Not the little, like, pop yeah. out and, like, make voice effects. Uh-huh. Like, give me a scare, yeah. like, yell at me, like, ah. Yeah. Um, make me fall to the ground, like, the one in Ohio. Yeah. I literally was the ground. <laughs> but anyways, that was today's episode. Thank you guys for listening along. Hopefully this video comes out and turns out. Yeah. Well, yeah. we'll see. But thank <laughs> you guys again. And um, I'm Austin. I'm out. And I'm Owen. And I'm out.